Welcome to the Walking Closer Podcast. This is episode 71. Thanks for joining me on this episode. I want to begin by asking a question. Who was Jesus? So if I came up to you and asked you that, if you're a Christian, okay, or even if you're not, and if I asked you who was Jesus, what would your response be? From a Christian perspective, the typical response might sound something like this. Well, Jesus was the Son of God, crucified for the sins of the world before rising from the dead. And, and this would be, be all based on the Christian Gospels and in early Christian writings. And then I, I might, if I was asking this question, I might press a little further and say, well, but what else do we know about him? And uh, we might say things like, well, he's from the first century, and he had the ability to do a lot of different things, uh, extraordinary things, heal a wide variety of diseases by, by just touching people or saying the word. And he could, he could do things like walk on water and uh, calm storms and exercise demons, and he could, he could raise the dead, he feed large amounts of people with very little food. And I might press even further. Based on where you gather this information, right? What 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 do we what does it actually say about him? And well, we would typically say, well, this is this is what we could gather from the gospels, right? Uh, from his birth and his early life. Uh, told he was born in Bethlehem to a woman named Mary, who was a virgin. Um, his birth, we think, happened between somewhere between 7 B.C. and 1 B.C. There's some discrepancies or, you know, people like to argue about those types of things. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew talks about how uh, magi or sometimes the word translated wise men came from the east following the what's known as the Star of Bethlehem and gave Jesus gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And we're also told that the current king at the time, King Herod, was beside himself, if you will, when he heard of Jesus' birth and ordered him to be found and executed. And at one point, he ordered every boy in Bethlehem who was two years or younger to be killed. And so Jesus and his family escaped to Egypt and didn't return until after Herod's death. We're told that Jesus grew up in Nazareth with his mother, Mary, and her husband, Joseph, and Jesus' brothers and sisters, or some say those weren't brothers and sisters, they were cousins, and oh, there's a bunch of debate about whether Jesus actually had brothers and sisters, or if this, that was just other family members, and or other relatives, um, but nevertheless, he's in Nazareth with family. The Gospel of Mark claims that Jesus worked as a carpenter when he was old enough, and that there may have been some tension between Jesus and his family at some point uh, with, you know, when Jesus goes into his ministry and some of the things he was doing. We're also told at one point when Jesus returned to Nazareth that he was, he was not well received, even among the people who knew him growing up. Um, when it comes to Jesus's ministry, the gospel tells us that Jesus, well, at least it just seems that Jesus didn't start his ministry until about 30 years old, and that, that ministry didn't last very long because he was killed just three years later. Uh, it seemed that he spent much of his time in the area around Galilee. He had no issue being around you know, tax collectors and sinners. And in other words, the people that uh, were kind of on the, on the outskirts 
right? Um, those who were looked down upon, um, outsiders. Uh, he gave attention to the poor and he frequently <laughs> clashed with the Jewish religious leaders. Um, he was sometimes surrounded by large crowds of people hoping that uh, he would cure their sick. And he had 12 specific disciples to whom he gave the ability to perform miracles. Lots of other people followed him, were considered disciples, but there's a this is just inner group. Uh, and he taught in some ways like people would expect a rabbi to teach, um, using parables and symbolism and metaphors. And Although at times it seemed people thought his teaching was different because uh, he spoke with authority. And I think it has to do with the fact that many rabbis and the way that you would teach would be to, you would quote, you know, uh, other uh, rabbis or scholars who've gone before you, um, other great teachers, and you know, that's where they had their, their schools and uh, of thought, and uh, which school of thought did you follow, and you would be quoting whoever gone before you. And so uh, it doesn't seem like Jesus did that very much. If there's anything, he just quoted some of the prophets. Um, so there were some similarities, but then there was also some some distinctions here. We're told that in the end, it was one of his disciples, Judas, that betrayed him by making a deal with a group of Jewish religious leaders to help them arrest him in exchange for some money. Um, so he was arrested, taken before Pilate, who was the Roman governor of Judea, and he was put on trial. Uh, we're told that there was some reluctance on the part of Pilate, but ultimately he was persuaded by a mob of Jews who wanted Jesus to be crucified. And after he was crucified, he was put in a tomb, and a few days later, he came back to life. And so that's probably a good summary of the life of Jesus, uh, minus you know, the teachings and some of the more details that are given to us about the things that he taught. But again, <laughs> Who is Jesus? And I'm when I say that, is it who what about the man Jesus? I think when we when we think about Jesus, even if it's just a subconscious thing, we forget the fact that he actually was human. He was a man. And it's so much easier, I I think, for us to stay focused on the divinity of Jesus that we forget the fact that he actually was a man. In fact, the writers of the New Testament letters definitely saw him as a man. I consider a few passages that I want to pull out here. In Acts 2, 22, um, you, have, you have this statement. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man. <laughs> was a man. Accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Jesus was a man. Uh, go on to verse 23. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Again, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose. Uh, a few chapters ahead, Acts 17, 31, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. 
who was the man? Who is the man that he's talking about here? Uh, yeah, Jesus, the one who was raised from the dead. So even the way they talked about Jesus. In Acts, you see this. Uh, another one, 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ, Christ Jesus. Uh, so you see, even, even the way that Jesus was talked about uh, by the New Testament writers, they emphasized here his humanity, the man. Um, <laughs> they definitely saw him as a man, and I think we have a tendency to only focus on the divinity of Jesus, and thereby he becomes this otherworldly figure. And um, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time connecting with that. When I read the New Testament and I read these different letters and the way they talk about Jesus and how he is presented, he is presented as the man and his humanity uh, as well as his divinity, right, is in the forefront here. But I have a hard time connecting with this Jesus when we present him as this otherworldly figure. And, And yet I'm told... Right, that I should be able to connect with Jesus because he was just like me. The Hebrew writer said he was not like someone who was out of touch with reality. He, he was tested by the same things that we are, and he can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. And so there should be this, 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 this ability to connect with him as a man, as a human being, as a person, And I think maybe if we focus on the humanity of Jesus, that is, look beyond just what he taught and try and see the human who was Jesus, maybe it might change some things uh, for us in this regard. Because after all, Hebrews Hebrews 2.14 tells me that he took on every aspect of our flesh and blood. And so I should be able to see him as a man. And so... I'm starting a new series called Jesus, the Man, and this is the this is the first part uh, in this series. And my goal is just simply to point out as much as I can some particulars that at times might be easy to overlook, or things we might not give much thought to, things that might be obvious or maybe not so obvious uh, that can help us paint a picture of Jesus, the Man. And in so doing, maybe we could see him more as relatable, might even experience a greater connection to him. And so I want to start with his childhood. And admittedly, we we don't have a lot of information from the gospel accounts, but but we have a few things that might help us, okay? So for the first uh, place we need to start is with his parents, right? And so let's start with with Joseph, okay? Okay, sure, I understand <laughs> that we claim that Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus, right? More like a maybe a stepdad or his caregiver or however, however it is that we need to you know, think about Joseph. I get that. However, Luke 4.22, people saw Joseph as the father of Jesus, okay? They said things like, is this not Joseph's son, right? Matthew 13, is this not the craftsman's son? And so what that tells us is that 
people perceived Joseph as the father of Jesus. And that tells me that Joseph probably handled himself, carried himself, responded to this situation in the same way that you would see a father respond. So Joseph probably treated Jesus no different than any other children that he might have had. Joseph took the place, if you will, um, of raising Jesus as a father would. And uh, so what do we know about Joseph? Well, Joseph was, uh, some translations say a carpenter. Some say he's a craftsman. Uh, the Greek word there is literally deals with any sort of builder, someone who is basically good with their hands, a skilled worker. It, even, it could even incl- include a, a blacksmith. He could have been a boat builder, could have been a house builder. He was someone who constructed things, and he, he was able to fashion things and create things with his hands. He was good with his hands. Uh, we typically think of, uh, I remember growing up thinking Joseph being a carpenter. Well, that's what he did. He worked with wood. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. Okay, What we do know is that he worked with his hands. Did he build kitchen furniture? I don't know. Was he more of a blacksmith? Not sure. Was he involved in building boats or, you know, constructing buildings and so forth? Maybe so. Not sure. What we do know is that he's good with his hands, okay, that he was a skilled worker. He had a trade, a way to support his family. And uh, Joseph would have taught Jesus these very things, right? Joseph was, uh, as a father, would pass on these traits, these trades, uh, to their sons, and um, we know that this is something that uh, Joseph did. Okay, but what else do we know about Joseph? Well, Joseph was willing to follow God's call as as best as he could and go wherever it took him. Um, he married Mary, and <laughs> that was no small thing here. He married, he was willing to marry Mary, and he took upon himself that all that entailed, right? Uh, Matthew tells us that Joseph was a just or righteous man, and he was unwilling to put her to shame when he found out that she had <laughs> she was pregnant, right? And so he resolved to divorce her quietly. I find that interesting because it tells us a few things about him uh, and his character. He was just, so that would, essentially he was... He was someone who wanted to observe the law of, of his people. Uh, and it makes sense that you know he w- wouldn't want to necessarily join himself to someone who was seemingly involved in some immoral liaison, right? Uh, Joseph uh, had the right to, even, you know, right, to, to, and power to make a public example of Mary. Um, but he didn't want to do that. And um, you know, there's, there's things in Scripture, in the law, that point to how he could potentially handle this situation. Deuteronomy 22 is one of those places you can go. Uh, but Joseph seems to want to spare her all of this. Um, so he's, on the one hand, he wants to be someone who follows uh, the law of his people, but at the same time, there's this compassion and mercy and this unwillingness to put put Mary through what potentially, you know, he had the power to do. And so he decides that he doesn't want to do that. It seems like he, he wants to spare her all of this. And so as he's thinking about what to do and, um, you know, understanding what his rights are, um, Matthew tells us that he was told to not be afraid 
to take Mary as his wife. Um, he receives this message in a dream. And so Joseph, you know, <laughs> he's trying to decide what to do, right? And he had to decide whether he was willing to shelter uh, Mary by marrying her and, uh, if necessary, take upon himself whatever stigma might be attached to her. And, and that's a lot to think about. Um, there would be a lot to maybe fear, as it were, about taking this on. And uh, he thought about it all and you know, was going to do what he thought was best. But now he's told he had no reason to question her faithfulness, her virtue, her purity. And so Joseph, man, the way he responds, Joseph just was, he was a good guy. Uh, if I would base his life, what I know based uh, know of him based just simply on this, man, he comes across as a good guy. He finds himself in a very difficult situation, and he is willing to face it down. He's willing to take it on. Um, and uh, he, man, it's just just fascinating to think about the character, the you know, the condition of one's heart who's willing to to do this. And so, after the birth of Jesus, then he takes Mary and. And Jesus to start a new life in Egypt, and so like he's willing to, you know, get out of the country, the land that he knows, um, to for the safety and well-being of his family. Right, Egypt would have been out of the reach of Herod, so this was all about keeping them safe. Then uh, he takes them back to Nazareth uh, once Herod is dead, and so, and there in Nazareth, he passes on whatever he could to Jesus, teaching him how to work with his hands, etc. right? Uh, and so Jesus Jesus takes on that trade. He becomes a carpenter. Um, and we know this because people refer to Jesus as the carpenter in Mark 6, uh, verses 2 and 3, if you, for that reference. Um, how, so we know that he passes this on, uh, but let's think about Joseph and you know, what other, what other traits he might have passed on to Jesus. And without getting in, 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 in specifics here, I think there's something generally speaking that we can look at and that we can see. If we just simply think about what it would have taken to do what he did, like the type of character he displayed and the heart he must have had to do what he did, to, you know, take Mary on, even though to the outsider it would have looked like, yeah, that uh, Mary conceived of a child that wasn't his or could have looked like Mary had conceived of his child before it was time, uh, before they were, you know, should have. So, and that comes with stigmas. That comes with all sorts of baggage, if you will. I and mean, he's willing to take this on, regardless of, you know, what people thought. Um, and the type of character that he displayed in the heart that he had to have to do this. And I think these attributes would have had an effect on Jesus as he was growing up as a child as well. Um, in fact, you know, Luke tells us he was growing and, and becoming strong. In other words, he, he was like a normal kid, but he was filled with wisdom, and he increased in wisdom and in uh, stature and in favor or grace with God and man. And What this tells me, though, is that Jesus went through a process like all children— learning and growing and evolving. And Joseph played a role in that process. And you've got to think that the, 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 the characteristics, right, the, the attributes of Joseph would have carried over 
Um, his willingness to do this, right? That comes from a deep place. Um, that would have definitely carried over into the things that Jesus would have experienced um, at the hands of, of Joseph, you know, as a, as a father-child relationship. And so Jesus goes through this process like all children, right? Learning and growing and evolving. And Joseph played a role in that process. Um, but it wasn't just Joseph, right, who had an influence on Jesus. His mother Mary would have had one as well. So what do we know about Mary from these gospel accounts? We may know a little bit more about Mary than Joseph, but not much. So let's grab what we can. Now, we'll have to say that according to tradition or other traditional writings, there's more details about who Mary was and Joseph was. Uh, and those are interesting, but I'm primarily just taking information from the gospel accounts that we have. Uh, and at some other time, it'd be interesting to maybe pull in, you know, additional resources or information uh, that have been passed down to us through tradition. But what do we know about Mary from the gospel accounts? Well, we get some insight from her response to the angel when she is told about the conception of Jesus, right? She responds in faith with, uh, she says, be it done unto me according to your word. And I find it interesting because these are very similar words to um, Jesus' words at the end of his ministry, where he says, it's not my will, but yours be done in speaking to God and in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, so what does this tell me? Well, <laughs> it tells me her willingness to have, first of all, her faith in God, her willingness to trust, to entrust, right, uh, herself, her life into his hands. Um, and her willingness to walk by faith, her willingness to 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 take this on. Um, <laughs> and we we know Mary received a, a few messages from from other people as well. On uh, on top of all the things that Gabriel, the angel, told her when he told her that she was going to conceive and you know, who this child is going to be, the Son of God, King, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, kingdom will will will, will never end. Uh, on top of all of that, when she goes to visit Elizabeth, she had uh, things, Elizabeth had things to say, right, um, to to Mary. The, the baby leaps for joy in her womb. I mean, Mary's experiencing all of this stuff. Um, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, the shepherds went out and, and found Mary and and uh, told her the message they received from the angels. And uh, the prophet Simeon told her that her baby was destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And he also told her that a sword would pierce through her own soul as well. And so she is like taking all of this in. What does she, what does she do with all of this stuff? Right? Uh, did she understand it all? Did, did she have a complete picture of what was going on? Like, was she getting this? Well, we don't know. All, all we're told is that she kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, regardless of what she might have understood, one thing is for certain. She knew she conceived and gave birth to a child. And the thing she was told would happen, it did. She had faith, and no doubt her faith was increased, if you will. Um, she trusted, and no doubt she passed all of this on to Jesus as a child in, in that relationship. Uh, it would seem that uh, Mary and Joseph you know, were normal parents, right? Uh, even though 
they knew the extraordinary circumstances behind Jesus' birth and uh, their experiences thereafter, Jesus was probably like every other ordinary kid. And I say that because it seems this may be why they were so shocked. When they thought they had lost him, and then they found him. Remember, he was 12. They found him in a temple. And he responds by saying, Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they were taken back by this statement. They didn't understand what he was talking about. But this, this, this whole thing catches them off guard. And, but then after this, um, what I'm suggesting is that it, it catches them off guard. And the reason why it catches them off guard is because up to this point, while they were aware of all of the extraordinary events surrounding who Jesus was, like his birth, you know, and some of the things that happened thereafter, but it seems like they weren't expecting this, right? Jesus was just probably an ordinary kid, and they were doing life like ordinary people. But after this, we're told that Jesus goes back to Nazareth with them, and the Scripture tells us that he was, quote, submissive to them. And, and I think this means that things went back to normal, <laughs> like they were before. But it's during this time that he continues to grow, no doubt being influenced by Joseph and Mary, and he's learning a trade and probably doing what well, most people do. And then we like to think about, you know, what was Jesus like as a child? Um, <laughs> and uh, did they have further insights into who Jesus was? Did he do miracles? You know, did he, whatever, whatever the case is. Quite honestly, I think that he was just normal. I think he was a normal kid, as normal as can be considering circumstances. I think on the outside, looking in, things would probably look pretty normal. Um, he, he, yeah, I, I have no reason to think otherwise. And I think Joseph and Mary's response to Jesus, uh, you know, when he's lost for three days, he really wasn't lost, but from Mary's and Joseph's perspective, he was lost, right? Um, that indicates that, well, this was this kind of this was a shock to them. He kind of took them off guard, and they didn't understand what his response was. But then after this situation, well, things go back to normal, and they stay pretty normal, it seems to be for a while. So yeah, I, I think I think Jesus was probably normal. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, okay, um, understanding <laughs> extraordinary events surrounding who he was, um, but I think from the outside looking in, things probably looked normal. I think he had a normal childhood. I think that he was raised like a normal kid would have been during that time. I think he had normal experiences, but I think that these experiences, even growing up, um, considering that Joseph and Mary, you know who they were, chosen. Right to be in this situation, um, obviously, these are special people, and I think that certain characteristics, certain traits of who they were, would have had an effect on who Jesus was as a child. And I think the experiences, again, while I'm looking at this from you know uh, my Western, you know, 21st century eyes. Um, I think for all intents and purposes, his experiences would have been pretty normal for his time. Um, he was human. He was a man. 
and that's what he would have been considered, okay? Uh, but then things, while things look pretty normal, there comes a time where things are starting to not look so normal, right? He, he goes and he has a visit with John, his cousin, in the Jordan. And then after that, everything, everything changed. And people people began to take note of that. And so uh, on the next episode, I want to continue to talk a little bit more about his childhood and pull out a few things there that I think maybe give us a little bit of insight as to who Jesus was as a human, as Jesus, the man. And then also take a look at his relationship with his mother and um, some things that we can maybe surmise from that. And then even maybe take a look about look at uh, what Jesus might have actually looked like. And I know, I get, I get it. Like, well, we don't know what he looked like. No, no, we don't. Um, I know he doesn't look like most of the... More than likely, he did not look like most of the Western depictions of, you know, the Hollywood Jesus. But I think that there are some things in Scripture that um, might give us a bit, of, a little bit of insight into maybe what Jesus might have looked like. So I'm going to explore all those things uh, on the next episode. So please join me as we continue to explore Jesus, the man, in, in hopes of helping us helping us have a greater connection with who Jesus is to us today. And so join me next time as we continue to explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.